The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors. Welcome. Yes, Tara, thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm so glad that you're here, and um, most of the listeners don't know this, but this is our part two um, of trying to be here. You want to say why we missed each other a few weeks ago? Let's just put it that I'm a dog lover, and we had a dog incident where I was punched in the eye by the dog. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. And so had that happened before? Um, They're a little reckless sometimes, and I quite stir the pot yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay well hopefully no more pot stirring with the dogs in the near future and your eyes fine back to normal great perfect (laughs) um so market mentors yes tell me a little bit about what that is in case people don't know even though you are 21 years old yes thank you i'm old enough to drink yeah finally (laughs) finally an adult Uh, market mentors is a full service fully integrated marketing and advertising agency. We're based in Springfield with clients all over the Northeast, some on the West Coast, and we have some international clients as well. We do everything from marketing, advertising, public relations, video production, and placing them and getting them results. And so we just heard um, before we started the show that you had been in radio. Was that at the beginning of your career? Was that right before you started the business? Yeah, so I actually worked in the restaurant business and every time we would advertise on radio and television, we were busy. And so when the restaurant group that I worked with had closed down, I took a job in the Boston market working in radio sales at a radio and TV station for a locally owned uh, entrepreneur who had his own group. And it was just so much fun because we would sell advertising to companies that needed to grow their business. And it was so rewarding because every time we would start a campaign, they were they were busy. And that's exactly why they would do the advertising. And uh, I did not know this behind the scenes um, story, so it's, but it's a plug for radio, right? Yeah, I mean, what a yeah. great plug for radio. Um, and especially that you were a salesperson and you had actually direct experience having it make an impact um, when you advertised that people came in That's and you were right. busier. That's right. Yeah. And it was a fantastic opportunity to really understand how different businesses would um, operate, market themselves, but it was somewhat limiting for me because we would sell them advertising and it was limited to their commercials, their radio or their TV commercials. And this is way before the web, right? The the WWW really didn't exist at the time. And so they would say, we're having a grand opening. How do I get more media here? And I found myself writing press releases for them or writing more commercials for them or helping them design what their ads should look like when they were doing newspaper ads or billboards. Um, And then I really found that it was much more rewarding to help them beyond just their radio or their TV campaign. And so that job kind of kicked off your um, business, is that right? Yes, it did. I mean, it sounds like you were doing the job of you know, being a advertising media buyer strategist. Mm-hmm. A little bit, point. yeah. yeah. Um, was married in 1997, moved to Western Massachusetts, and then took a job at what was at the time Lapping Communications. So it was 94.7 WMAS, and I worked there doing a very similar role. And one of my clients at the time was in its infancy, MassLive.com. 
and we were right here in Northampton. When I say we, because they recruited me, and I ended up uh, joining them as a sales and marketing uh, vice president. And uh, it was during an era of time where we were selling web advertising for companies that still or didn't have websites yet. Think about that. Hmm. So Mass Live was born. This was 97? This would be 2000. Companies really didn't have websites yet. When yeah. you think about automotive dealers and what their websites look like now, you can go on, select a vehicle, change the interior, put all the trim packages on. They didn't even have websites. Mm-hmm. Healthcare organizations didn't have websites. And so we were trying to sell web advertising to companies that still had no presence on the internet which was wild. So mm. we would we would stream radio stations on Mass Live and we would get up all of the the housing, we would work with all of the different realtors to get the property listings up and mm. it was just so before what has happened in this world and how now everything is at our fingertips online. It's almost like you can't even remember it, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Like I tried to remember the first time I had a cell phone the other day and I like absolutely right. could not. I remember the cell phone and how big it was, but That's I cannot right. remember what year it was. I'm or like, if you oh, think about an iPhone, it? you have children. Like yeah. the, their kids were born just after the iPhone was mm-hmm. born. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing how much the technology has changed the way we, we do business. Yeah. And so you you did that. You were at Mass Live. You were like building all of these things together to make, you know, basically yourself have your own business yeah. what what made you say okay now is the time like i can do this for myself i don't need companies anymore i'm going to take the jump well you know i had twins and it was really difficult mass live is you know based out of new york the parent companies out of new york i was expected to go there so frequently so it was a job that i always wanted and more of a corporate environment but at the same time it was really difficult to to handle being in New York all the time. So the kids were little and I really enjoyed helping these companies in the past with their creative, with their ad buying, with their publicity. And so just decided it's time to hang the shingle on the door. And that's exactly what I did. The kids were just little toddlers. And so are you still at the same place that you first started (laughs) at? No, no, that was at my house. Um, so that was fun. So I would have, you know, a, a daycare provider come in and help me while I was trying to build the business and they'd be banging on the door looking for mom. And then we moved. It was when like, we, but before the Zoom meetings where you're like pushing your kid's face out the door, you're like, hang on, I just got to take this other call. Let me just push my kids away. There's another technology yeah. change that never yeah. existed. I yeah. can't imagine where we would have been if we had all this technology back then. So um, when we started to grow and build up a little bit of a customer base, um, we moved to a little office space in West Springfield. And um, after signing that lease, I went down to Florida. I met a gentleman on the airplane. And next thing you know, he had a group of auto dealers. And we closed that deal. And I needed more space. (coughs) So we moved upstairs to another space and then eventually grew out out of that space and moved over to Riverdale Road. And then from Riverdale Road, we moved over to (coughs) Capitol Drive. And now we're in Springfield. I always hear these stories about people meeting people on planes. (coughs) And that's never that's never me. I don't know how you do it, but I guess people just start chatting. 
I, I, when I'm on a plane, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to be here in the quiet and whatever. So Same. good for you. Yeah, it was a crazy experience <laughs> and one that I'll never forget and um, really helped catapult the business to, to where it is today. So it was it was an exciting time. That's amazing. And so what has been the hardest thing for you about starting your business and really like taking that step into launching? The heart back then, the hardest step, I think. Yeah, wondering. I mean, 21 years is amazing. Yeah. I think Such a long time. Initially, it would, the excitement was there and it was just a challenge trying to balance home with the children and then, of course, trying to grow the business. But it was uh, passion and dedication that um, started to build it. And I would say... Once things really started to happen, I think the the next challenge was scaling the business. Like, how do you take what's working really well now and help to grow the business and be able to sustain it at the same pace that I was? And that was challenging. That was probably the biggest challenge. You know, what I think is interesting, too, is like how you know when to scale. You know, that's the question that always comes into my mind. Like, how do you know you're busy enough to bring on someone else? How do you know when, you know, you have enough clients for the workflow and for the hours of your team and of yourself? That's um, that's an art and a science. I don't think there's an answer. And I don't feel that there's a crystal ball for any company um, to be able to, to do that. Of course, when I started, I did everything. So I was selling. I was writing the ad copy. I was pitching the media outlets. I was doing the billing. So at that point, it was so easy, like anybody who came in to help me with any one of those responsibilities helped me immensely. And then you start growing from there and you bring on more customers. And when that happens, you need to bring on more people. So you start to get to the point where you departmentalize and say, okay, I need somebody in creative or I need somebody handling, helping handle the the client load, the business. The, the relationship piece mm-hmm. or the ideation. Um, so it's just you, you, you kind of start to figure out where your weaknesses are and where you're short staffed and, and you staff up accordingly. Yeah, I, I think that's great. That's always been the thing that really just trips me up anyways when I think about people and their business and even working at Greenfield Savings Bank with 185 people, you know, it's like when is it too much in right. one department or when are you really like posting jobs and taking advantage of of the opportunities that are at hand. Anyways, we're at our first break. Um, Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors. This is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors in the Springfield area, Hamden County. Um, and so Market Mentors, as we just heard, is an advertising agency, a marketing agency. You also do media buying, PR, web development, and video production. And that's a lot, right? I mean, but those buckets encompass all of a marketing plan or a marketing scope for a company or business. That's right. Yes. Um, 
but my question is, you know, are you doing this for everybody? You know, or is one sort of lever being pulled more than others? Um, tell me a little bit about how your agency works. So it, that's also another loaded question because it really varies by each customer of our agency. In many cases, we will be working with them on their complete Marcom strategy and then carrying all the tactics through. So we might have to create video or might have to create uh, you know, a new website and then take all their products to market with advertising or promotion. So it really does vary based on each customer. We have a variety of, of clients in different verticals from healthcare to financial, banking, credit unions, um, a lot in the manufacturing sector, energy space, retail, home improvement, and then a lot in the service industry as well. So, you know, if you can imagine, you know, a bank, how they have to, you know that very well, how does a bank go to market? And and it's about having really good people, but then promoting all the good things that the bank has to offer, whether it's community service, low rates, better CD rates, uh, you know, whatever that looks like, they have to get the word out. So that's where the advertising strategy comes in. And compliance. I feel Lots like it is really compliance. hard to work with financial institutions because of the compliance and regulatory um, issues that Equal arise. housing lender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to stick all those logos and acronyms. doodads and That's acronyms right. and yeah, disclosures on the on the ads. Um, no, I I completely agree with you. I think that every every place is different and yet, you know, there are such similarities to a total overall marketing strategy. Um, do you have a favorite thing that you love to do? Like when you're like talking to your team, you're like, all right, everybody, like I, you, this is the thing that you're always like finding yourself doing, whether it's meeting with clients or coming up with the ad campaign. I love every aspect of my job. I'm 21 years in and I wake up every day excited to go to work and hear what the day is going to offer. And I love engaging with our clients. They're amazing. They are just down-to-earth folks, and we have great conversations, and we ideate, and we talk about what's realistic, what their business objectives are, what are their business goals, and how we can help achieve them. And they're just very open-minded to the suggestions that we bring forward. So for me, I love to be at the table having those, those conversations. And then the execution of the work is always fun because you, you're taking something that didn't exist, you're creating it, and then all of a sudden everyone is exposed to that message. So mm-hmm. it's really fun for me because every day is different. I always say every day is a snowflake. No two are ever the same. <laughs> so funny. I have a mom on earth, um, Sid Dalby, who uh, really loves Vermont, and I just gave her a book for Christmas. Uh, it's called Snowflake Bentley. And he was like this gentleman from Vermont that just as a kid was like fascinated with snowflakes and like wanted to see them. This was like before um, uh, cameras. And so he like created his own like way of looking at snowflakes and then his cameras started to develop. So you just made me think about the, oh, well, the whole great. like, yeah, the whole snowflake thing. Snowflake In perfect Bentley. time because we're going to yeah. be getting some snow this oh weekend. God, I heard that. A lot too. Yeah. From what I hear, we're um, we're traveling to see my husband's family in Plymouth. So you might get lucky. Yeah, you never know. It'll be what it will be, right? Um, so I love a couple of things that you just said, and um, there were two buzzwords in there that I love because 
like industry um all of our jargon yes mm-hmm. is I, one you said was marcom strategy yes. tell me what that means so that's marketing and communication so it's shortened to marcom marketing and communication so having that that strategy in place is really where the magic begins. It's thinking through what are the business goals and what's the strategy and how you're going to achieve those goals. And then from there, fleshing it out into the tactics and the executable um, actions that, that can be taken to promote. And so when I think about marketing strategy, you know, and budgets, right, especially for smaller businesses, you know, I think back to when I had my store at... Um, in Thorns Marketplace, Jackson and Connor, but you know, like I feel like small business owners are always saying, I, you know, I can't spend that on marketing. Mm-hmm. I don't have the money for marketing. Um, you know, it's just something that I I remember hearing and feeling personally when my business, especially, was one or two years or three years old. You know, what do you say to people that say, oh, I, you know, I don't have the money for this, or I don't want to spend money on marketing or advertising? You know, what is your sort of fallback or conversation that you have when something like that comes up? You know, we're, we as consumers, every human being is exposed to over 30,000 messages a day. When you think about how much we're exposed to, we're a multi-screen society, we're sitting in front of our TV, which might not even be a traditional TV, it might be your iPhone, but you're also on your computer at the same time. And if you don't go to market and have that repetition, you're only going to leave room for your competitors to take that place. So you don't, the companies don't really have a choice in the matter. Mm. They really need to to promote their products and services. One of the ways in which we we feel that marketing gets hurt is we're usually the first budget that gets cut. So mm. when things get tough, marketing budgets are usually the first that get cut. And we really sit with our clients and have really in-depth conversations of how that could be very much disadvantageous to them in doing so. And the ones who are keep their their um, foot on the pedal when everybody else is is ramping back, and the clients that continue forward are the ones who can build up that share of voice and that share of mind because there's less clutter. Mm-hmm. So the ones who can stay full throttle are the ones who who thrive. And they also haven't slid back any. You know, they haven't like lost any market share. They've just kind of been steady, like cruise control on the road, right? Right, which, you know, every company wants to grow, but it's much better to be steady than it is to go backwards. So I agree. Um, and so you now have how many employees? We are right at 30 folks right now. That's incredible. Yeah. Great It's really incredible. They're just all incredibly smart, bright, talented, and um, just a fun group of people to work with every day. I'm just so proud to be able to work with this group of people. Um, and I... Th- you have most of them on your website, right? I was yes. looking at a lot of smiling faces. Do you want to tell everyone your website for people who might be by a computer that want to sure, check you it's, out? Sure, it's very easy, marketmentors.com. Great. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks yeah. for the plug. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's important to do that, um, and sometimes we forget to do that. Um, so are all 30 employees here, or have you sort of embraced the, the virtual employee? We're a little bit of a hybrid arena. situation. So um, folks are allowed to work from home uh, on Fridays if they wish to. But as we continue to grow, we'll be looking at evolving how we're attracting and retaining help throughout 
the country at this point. You know, it's a very different world than it oh, was yeah. years ago. Oh yeah, we're so connected. As an employee, or as an employer, are you more uh, um, apt to embrace having someone be remote from across the country, or do you still like that in-person aspect? We really do like the in-person aspect. Um, it's collaborative. We troubleshoot. We can take action a lot faster. Our clients have come to know us for our our speed and our accuracy and. One of the reasons we feel we can execute pretty quickly is because we're together pretty much every single day. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, the younger folks, the ones that are just graduating, they're used to collaboration. They like to be in the office and, and around their peers. It's who you learn from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think and I think that's a very important aspect is, you know, not just the employer having their set of standards and ideas and beliefs that they want to have happen, but also the employees, you know, and I do think that people look to get that family sort of atmosphere and camaraderie when you go into an office. And you um, need that. You're with them for 40 hours of your week. Yeah. So such such a long amount of time for sure. Um, and then the other buzzword that I wanted to ask you about before I forget is verticals. Tell me what verticals means. So if you think about different types of businesses and the different types of so you know retail is a vertical and banking and financial would be another vertical. Healthcare is another vertical. Um, the way in which you market for each of them might be similar, but definitely different because the audience who we're trying to reach for each of those uh, companies is different. We can get into even more of it and we can start talking about personas, but um, <laughs> you know that it, it really comes down to really understanding who is the core group that you're looking to target to make sure your message is resonating with them and you're hitting them with the message with repetition. Got it. Thank you so much. Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors. Um, You've been listening to Tara Brewster on the Western Mass Business Show, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm so excited to have Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors as my guest today on the show. We've been talking about a lot of things, a lot of marketing, media, advertising, um, campaigns, working, small business. One thing that I really wanted to know, Michelle, was... You know, we've always seen that the advertising industry is male dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know if after 21 years it's still male dominated or if you really have had to struggle to sort of make a place for yourself as a woman owned business in this industry. Well, I, you know, personally don't feel that it's been a struggle being a woman in the business, but I can say that it still is predominantly a male oriented business, but it is starting to shift like many other businesses are. Um, we're members of the four A's and we're in a couple of different groups and you can see the leadership at these agencies are now starting to have more women coming on onto the, the C-suite, which is really nice and some ownership by women as well. 
So did you just say you were a member of the four A's? Yes. What's that? So it is the biggest association for advertising. Of course, you're going to ask me what it stands for. No, but it's I the, it's, no I'm not going to trip you up It's like the that. Advertising <laughs> Association of the Americas. I, there's four A's, but... Um, and it's a... You Maybe know, in the fourth segment. <laughs> well, I'll need a glass of wine for that then. Um, just kidding. Sort Hair of. of the dog. <laughs> So um, it, the, the trends are starting to shift a little bit, like every other industry. But at the same time, it's it's nice to see more women getting into the business in leadership roles. Um, I agree. It is refreshing to see more women coming in and having leadership positions because I think it's just a different mentality of leading um, that women tend to have. And so in that vein... Do you find that women produce different campaigns than men generally? I know that that's kind of a hard thing to to matriculate or really mm-hmm. like, you know, synthesize into a yes or no or this is how it's done, but I feel like you might have a, an interesting perspective about that. I wouldn't say that their the work is a better product by either or. I would say that Typically, men have a different perspective on things than women. Our experiences are different. Um, what's important to us might be a little bit different in our perspectives. So when you have that and you bring it into um, how you might feel about a product or service, how you go about promoting it, at the end of the day, we really need to be hyper-focused on what the client's needs are, what their goals and objectives are, and that forces us to make sure we're helping them stay on brand. So there really isn't any bias in any way. And so you have about 30 employees. Mm -hmm. Are most of them women? Yes. Yes, they are. (laughs) And it's funny because for years, we really had a difficult time having men apply. I think in this industry, more women tend to be attracted to marketing. Um, and through the years, we've had more men. I, I find that more men are in web development than women. More men seem to be in digital marketing than the women. Um, although there is that's starting to shift. You know, we have male writers and and content developers and female. Mm-hmm. and we have both men and women in the in the digital advertising and and paid media space so Mm -hmm. it it varies yeah yeah no but i i hear what you're saying about soft skills especially too and just i don't know like women just have a different approach in a lot of ways um than men and so you know you do have a big team and how do you how do you manage them like how are you able to sort of keep the flow going and and grow to the point that you've grown to um and still be able to do the things that you need to do and execute while you know accomplishing your not only your daily tasks but also growing your company you know is Mm -hmm. your company i guess you know are you happy with where it's at are you dreaming of doubling it again in size to 60 employees yeah we have we have a big 10-year target um that's rather lofty so we've got a lot of work to do we're just getting started we're 20 years new 21 years new but we're just getting started um i would say that i'm really i'm really it's what's important to me is our employer brand and it's not just what prospective customers think of us and what our existing clientele thinks of us but it's more about being a place where people want to come to work every day and enjoy it. So I feel like my job is to to really 
lead the culture of our organization. You know, and I'm no different than anybody else. I put my pants on one leg at a time and I don't take myself too serious. And I want everyone that works for me to know that, you know, we're all human and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be humble. It's okay to be honest. We're all going to make mistakes, but just own up to them and learn from them. And Mm. so I try to pass that philosophy on to our leadership team that spearheads and manages and oversees each of the individual departments. How many departments do you have? So, gosh, you're going to ask me how many departments, and I should know by number, but we have our finance department. We have our creative services department. Within the creative services department, we have web development, we have graphic design, and we have creative writing and regular traditional content development. We have our client services department. We have our media department. And um, I like to float around and be in everyone's business every day. Not not <laughs> micromanaging, but just learning from them. What are you working on right now? Show me what you're doing. What's a new trend that you just found? And just getting everybody amped up on what they're doing. I love that. I think it's really important to, to be hands-on and to know what's going on, um, for sure. And so you just talked about trends, and we were talking about trends a minute ago. What do you see trending? Like, what is what is happening that, you know, you're sort of seeing mm-hmm. the forest through the trees that many of us probably aren't because we're not as involved in the marketing industry as you are? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few things. And I mentioned something that's important and near and dear to me, and that's our employer brand. And we are seeing that more and more organizations are putting their employer brand at the forefront. And that's really the fusion of human resources and the marketing department. Um, In most traditional businesses, they work in their own independent silos. But a a marketing team, a marketing department, their goal is to attract more businesses to do business with a company. And it's the human resources department to attract people that want to work there. And a couple of years ago, during the the, the um, mass exodus, if you will, and the great the the great res- resignment, what was it called? Resignation. Resignation. Thank yep. you. Resignment. Yep. Resignation. Yep. I can speak well today. <laughs> um, you know, you saw a lot of companies really struggling to find people and keep them. It's starting to shift a little bit, but this employer brand is really how a company can define itself and why a person would want to work somewhere. I completely agree with you, um, and I love that you know you just spoke about leading culture internally for your company because I think it's it it mattered pre-pandemic, but it matters even more so now. That's right. Um, That's you know, right. For some of the reasons that you mentioned around hiring um, and marketing, mm-hmm. but I think that um, consumers and humans in general want to know why they're participating somewhere with something and really have some intrinsic value um, so true. for showing up to work and, and giving away so much time. And I mean, making a difference every day and going home feeling rewarded. Because it is a trade-off. You know, um, that has become very clear to me um, post-pandemic is like, okay, no longer do I feel like I can do it all or be everywhere and like execute on all this stuff. It's like, no, actually, like when I'm here with you in the studio and we're having this conversation, I am not all of the other places that I probably should be or could be or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, other people want me to be. That's a good perspective. It's just like being really present in in what you're doing and asking yourself, like, why am I here? Like, is it actually something that I want to be doing? Right. We want everyone that works with us to go home feeling rewarded every day that they made a difference. 
yeah you know, and to take a moment to laugh and so can you talk about culture a little bit for me um just you know it's something that i feel like is so hard to define mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways it's very organic and um like specific to a place even though we all know what culture is and we all know what p- pieces of things the go people into make it the culture it's the people and so for us everything that we do involves food it's terrible isn't that everything we do if it's national bacon day we're having bacon if it's national taco day we're having tacos and if it's national margarita day we might even have a margarita but are you a foodie I love food. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big foodie. And most of the folks in our offices, we have a big, basically a gourmet type kitchen in our office. So we, we cook, we, we celebrate things together, and there's always something surrounding food at our office. I love that. Yeah. And that's just a quick glimpse into your culture. Like right there, you know, even though it's, it's, it sounds simple, it's, but it's like food, you know, this is how we do what we do. This is how we celebrate. This is how we show up. This is how we connect. It's you know, important. A, cu- a culture is is genuine. And one of our core values is being authentic. It's ironic because the Merriam-Webster word of the year is authentic. So we were really excited that we had that word. But being your authentic self at work is so important. Yeah. Thank you for that. Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors and I, Tara Brewster on the Western Mass Business Show. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and it has been a pleasure to speak with Michelle Abdow today, who is the owner of Market Mentors, a company that's been in our region for over 20 years. Um, And she's been telling us all about uh, marketing strategy and her business and her beliefs and advertising. And so I have just some more questions for you. I can't believe we're already at the last segment of our show. Um, But can you talk a little bit about the overall media landscape and some trends that are happening right now for all of us um, lay people that have no idea what's going on other than being bombarded with ads all the time? That's right. Well, we love ads. Yes. When my kids were little, I used to tell them, you have to love ads. Seriously, uh, the media <laughs> landscape has definitely changed since I started the business. If you think back, you know, in the in the 50s, people, companies would do a lot of print ads, and then TV ads started to come into play, then radio ads, um, and now we are a multi-screen society. So, we are watching TV on our iPhone. We're watching TV from our computers. We're watching programs. And simultaneously, we might be on social media where ads can be appearing as well. So we're consuming way more media than we ever have in the history of of the world. It's just we're constantly being um, inundated with messaging. And so we we always try to um, make sure that our clients are being seen in as many places as possible. And so video, producing video is really becoming... It has been a very strong force, but video in itself is really starting to be capitalized on because it's about sight, sound, motion, evoking emotion, and that's where you can really connect with consumers. We're also lazy people. We don't like to read a lot. 
So the younger generation that is coming into the marketplace in business, they don't want to read a product sheet. They'd rather watch a quick little video segment. It's a lot easier. They can listen to it while they're working. and They don't have to read anything. So video is really becoming a prominent force. And you'll start to see different radio and TV stations also um, having video components to their advertising as well. So. And so when you say video, you're shooting a video, is it a certain amount of time? Like what is like the sweet spot of a video? Like am I going to lose my mind after a minute? Does it have to be 45 seconds? Like how long That's is That's a great question. Something video? we take we take it for granted. Um, so you have little short seg- segments called reels. Um, you might be watching YouTube and you have to watch a quick 5-second video before you watch the actual YouTube video that you went to watch or if you're on social media you might see a 15-second. Most traditional uh, linear television campaigns are about 30 seconds, and radio is about 30 seconds. We have a very short attention span, so we always say to our clients, if you can say it in 15 seconds and get everything across that you want to get across, say it in 15. But if we need a little bit more time, for example, your bank, where you have to get all the legalese in, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to need the 30 seconds. So it really does depend on the customer, what the objective is of the campaign, and the audience that you're you're reaching. And so, do you have any like favorite videos or favorite examples of ads or campaigns that you've seen that really resonate with you? Yes, on a personal I, level and also on a corporate company level. I always look forward to the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics, and I wait for Procter and Gamble to come out with their ads. And it's all about mom. And as soon as I watch it, you need to get a box of tissues. They are just so well produced, and they just evoke so much emotion that you connect with the brand, you connect with the story that's being told, and it's just moving. And so basically, you know, have really vulnerable ads, have really emotional ads, have human ads. Like what are the like squishy parts of the breakdown of an ad campaign like that that you're trying to push? You are asking another loaded question. It really depends based on the business objective. Um, Humor is always great. Um, everybody loves to laugh, so why not have humor? But when you can connect with your audience, whether it's through humor or emotion, um, it's it's what resonates with people. You remember things that are memorable. You even remember the hokey ads because they're hokey. So if you have, if you can afford the share of voice and the share to buy the share of mind, then you can have anything. Well, and we were just talking about really hokey ads or that I think are hokey <laughs> ads. You don't have to you don't have to weigh in on this if you don't want to, but you know, and share a voice too. It was coming together talking about the billboards that are on ninety one. I mean I can't tell you what the lawyer's group name is, but every time I drive by those ridiculous billboards about broken leg with the person in the turkey hat and the turkey leg, the pilgrim hat with the turkey leg, or grandma got run over by a reindeer. I mean, I can like tell you all these billboards. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you what law firm they are, but I mean, like that, That, is that an example of what you're talking about? That's an example of something that would work because that particular law firm is buying a lot of those billboards, so you can't miss them. So the first one might have 
grandma got run over by a reindeer, but then there's another one with a turkey leg uh, or mistletoe. So you're going to see that and you'll start correlating it. You pay attention to ads when you're in the marketplace for something. So think about um, go back to the time when you were pregnant. You probably were paying more attention to the Pampers ads. Or when you're thinking about purchasing a new vehicle, you're going to start paying attention to what auto dealers are advertising. So um, you really you might not be in the need of a personal injury lawyer right now. But if you do, hopefully you'll remember the person that you drove by. Well, and that's like business development 101 all day long. You know, I mean, someone might not need you now, but you want to be thought of for when they do need you. You know, like, for example, when some bank messes up and, you know, isn't doing the things that you want them to do and you're with Bank X and, you know, that opportunity, that window appears, well, who are you going to call? You know, it's the person that's been there for you or in your field of vision or in the ads that you're seeing that you're like, oh, wait, Greenfield Savings Bank. Like, right. I could call Tara. The ad recall. Right. The, the ad recall is there. And when the particular organization has other publicity methods and they're doing good work in their community and they're really benevolent employers, that's where it all comes together and the rubber hits the road. And so you say something on your website, I think. Um, I think I got this directly from there. You say your brand unbound. Like, what does that mean to Look you? at all the possibilities. Don't stay so focused on having one message and, and making sure that you are taking your business goals in mind and then from there letting, letting us be creative and how we can make sure we're staying on brand voice and that we're getting the message out repetitively. Yep. And how often should a company brand, rebrand? You know, I see a lot of people doing rebranding and it's like, why, you know, like why? Like what is what is the point of that and how often should you be doing things like that? It's a great question. We, we actually decided to rebrand for our 20th anniversary. So the name of the company is still the same, but we gave ourselves a new look and feel, if you will. I'm not so hung up as much on when a company should rebrand as much as when a company should change their messaging. Um, ad fatigue is real. And because we're re-messaging people and they're getting hit over the head with the same message, it gets tiring. Ad fatigue is a real thing. So changing up the ad is really important. Are jingles still a thing? <laughs> I love <laughs> jingles. I mean, what about a great way to have memory and recall, but they, they tend to be uh, going by the wayside for sure. Bummer. Total bummer. <laughs> um, well, Michelle Abdow, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you Thank for you having so me. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you. And I also appreciate Greenfield Savings Bank, who's a sponsor of the show. Thank you, Greenfield Savings Thank Bank. Thank you, GSB, yep, for, for um, employing me these past seven years and um, for doing all the good work that you do up and down the entire region and um, for being here for 154 years. It means something. Um, and also to Business West, who provides us with so many great great um, articles and stories, interviews, um, and the events. I absolutely love Business West for all of job. their amazing events that they have, that they bring um, people from all four counties together in a really great way um, to cheerlead people. So this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Michelle Abdow from Market Mentors. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster. WHMP.